welcome back to season one, episode seven of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. And today we've got our first international guest on the show. Um, Jonathan McGee is the owner and founder of Let's Go Find a Bug. And on his website, he describes himself as a nature enthusiast and a current film student. And part of the mission of project is to share a passion for insects and deal with, quote, the desire to know and understand what fresh nightmare I'm looking at before I unceremoniously send it back to oblivion. And he also describes that, quote, uh, let's go find a bug consists of entomologists, photographers, media specialists and editors who are all dedicated to presenting you with the most up-to-date, scientifically accurate information possible about the insects we review and research. So, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit more about what you're working on. Sure. Uh, so definitely got to say that when I wrote all that stuff, I had no idea what it would sound like when someone said it out loud. Um, I'm glad to say that it sounds perfect. Uh, so yeah. so um, I've got a bachelor's of uh, uh, entomology and I got that from the University of California, Riverside. And then I went to excuse me. And then I went to the University of Nebraska Lincoln and got a master's in entomology. Um, I'm I'm a general entomologist. I know a little bit about a lot of things. I'm not a specialist entomologist. Um, so I'm not like an agricultural or a medical or a forensic or an urban or you know, any of those kinds of entomologists. Um, so that's my background in entomology. Uh, and then the project actually came about as uh, kind of a, kind of my, my master's project. And so what they, they make you uh, do this big project to prove that you've learned something. Uh, before they give you a, a you know piece of paper that says uh, yeah you're a master at this, um, so so instead of doing a research project, I went out into the field with um, my cameraman at the time, uh, who's now uh, the director producer for the Let's Go Find a Bug project, and we wandered through the Southern California wilderness, uh, almost days on end, uh, looking for whatever insect that we could find. Uh, to talk about. And so um, uh, the idea uh, originally was to have uh, me in front of the camera talking about whatever it is that we found, but we quickly learned that uh, I have no stage presence to speak of. Uh, I'm very boring and dry in front of the camera. I can tell you yeah. about insects any day of the week, and I can just be talking about them, but to watch me actually do it, uh, not as a at all. Yeah. You know, the, the project switch, we changed it from having someone in front of the camera. Uh, mostly focused on. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I can't actually, um, I, um, it's like the sound has got quite, um, like I can, I can hear you're saying something, but it's, but some of the words seem to like, seem like they're like cutting off a bit. Ah, uh, okay. Um, hold on. It seems to have come back now. Okay, um, that's that could be my internet. Um, yeah. Well, don't worry. Well, let me see. Uh, let me see. Well, okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So uh, instead of having me in front of the uh, camera, uh, we're going to have yeah. the insects in front of the camera. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you basically, so yeah. 
like I got I got all of that apart from like the last sentence but yeah like <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean I I'm really I mean yeah I mean I I think when I'm when I'm actually if I actually like see myself on TV it or like recorded it if I'm actually when I'm editing these things I'm listening to like my own voice I'm just like oh my god like what have I said there so I could definitely relate to that <laughs> oh boy yeah so what sort of led you to um your interest like what led you I suppose to deciding to deciding to do the project like um I mean, I, I mean, you've said a lot. You've said a lot of it up there, but was there like um, anything that sort of really sparked that you really felt that you had to that you wanted to do it? You know, I don't actually know if there was like a defining moment. You know, like a call to action kind of thing. Um, mm. I it was just, I think, put simply, it was just that I did not want to do more paperwork than I was already doing for you know school. So this was the best way to get out and do something else. So that's pretty much why this is what the project turned into. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I, there's some, definitely something about like going outside as opposed to, as opposed to like just sitting inside like working on a computer or whatever because i mean like entomology is like something is completely different to what i've what i studied at um university and what i've done for work but i mean i've always liked insects but never actually i don't really have much in the way of of scientific training and stuff so it's nice to do something completely different to what i've done before so why do you why do you like insects then yeah that's a great question um i've I've yeah. been asked that, you know, before in the past. And, and, uh, the best answer that I've ever come up with was that it's just something that I was born with. Um, I like, mm. as an example, I like to use my kindergarten science project. Uh, I went outside yeah. and I took, um, I took, uh, what do you call that? Construction paper. And I took like yeah. six or seven yeah. different colors and, uh, uh, I put them out in the sun on the grass and I counted the number of insects that landed on each color to see which one they liked the most. Um, yeah. so, you know, all the way back in kindergarten, uh, I've liked insects. They, they provide, um, almost like an endless opportunity to discover, uh, each one mm. has its own mm. different ecology and life history. Uh, each yeah. one has its own niche that it occupies. It's just so, it's so interesting to just go outside, like even in your backyard and look at all different kinds of insects. And, um, and yeah, I'm just really fascinated by those kinds of things. Yeah, it's definitely interesting what you said about going out into your backyard because, like, it's not something like you know. Usually, if you want to, I suppose, entertain yourself, you have to like pay money or like go go to the cinema. You have like go go somewhere, like go out for a meal or like you know. But whereas with insects, you, all you've got literally all you've got to do is just like go go outside and you'll probably see an insect. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all you literally, all you've got to do is go outside into the garden and you'll probably see something, <laughs> maybe something you've never seen before. That's true. It doesn't so, even matter like how good your garden is either. 
No. In fact, a lot of the time they like a garden that's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, yeah, I mean, in the, in like, there's like starting to be this like movement to encourage people to, to mow their lawns less and like to, um, um, to like maintain their gardens less in a way, but because it, because it attracts bees, it attracts some um, different pollinators and stuff to uh, to not have them so tidy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, what equipment do you usually use when you're looking for insects? I mean, I uh, usually it, I usually just go out and look and see what I can see. But um, I've been on sort of different recording days where they have a beating tray and nets and sweet nets and that sort of thing. So definitely the uh, the best way to go out and find insects is to go out and find insects um, to find the yeah. actual insects. You know that I guess it it really depends on the kind of insect that you're looking for. Um, for us, yeah. we we generally use aerial nets, um, and yeah. I carry around yeah. you know several different sizes of plastic pop top vials, um, you know, to mm-hmm. hold the insects in. Um, I have. I have a sweep net and an aquatics net, but uh, I haven't used those so much. Um, yeah. But but hopefully in the future those will be uh, more useful. Um, we don't use beating trays uh, so much. Um, I I generally feel like if I'm gonna run around national parks here with a beating net, I better have a really good reason to be beating up the plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. we generally don't uh, do that. Um, but, you know, those are actually a very good uh, uh, piece of equipment to have um, because they yeah. definitely, you know, allow you to find certain kinds of insects very quickly. Um, yeah. We've also used in the past, uh, we built a, um, uh, what do you call it? It's a, it's like a night collecting, uh, I almost mm. want to a tarp. Um, and the idea behind it is you set it up in an insect thoroughfare, which is... Yeah. Uh, somewhere that insects fly through uh and you shine a light on it at night and insects that are flying hit the the uh the material right and then they're 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 stuck there they like to sit there on the light and then you go around and say oh this is really cool this is a beetle this is yeah yeah oh sorry it seems to have gone a bit quiet again with the microphone okay um, I think oh, it's weird because now now it seems like it's okay, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so so uh, uh, so you want me to just start like back in the middle? Um, like um, I think maybe like just the last sentence that you said about the um about the trap that you used. Okay. Sure. Um, uh, so, so it, uh, oh boy. So you set it up and it's, uh, it's supposed to sit in a thoroughfare, right? So, um, and so what happens is the insects, as they're flying through, they get, they, they hit the fabric, the material uh, that's strung up around the, um, around the, um, frame. And uh, and so then you can go around and look at what you've 
essentially caught because they don't really go anywhere. They hit the fabric and they're like, oh, this is a nice place to sit. And they <laughs> sit there. Um, so, mm-hmm. and a lot of yeah. times when you're night collecting, you get like moths and things like that. But sometimes you're lucky and you get beetles, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. The last time we did it, we got, uh, uh, man, it's like a rain beetle. It's a, it's a scarab. They're like the size. Oh, of wow. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, and, and yeah, so we carry around, uh, the hiking necessities, you know, small shovel, first aid kids, compass, those sorts of things. Um, and then yeah. for the recording part, uh, because we're not, you know, we need to prove that we actually found something. Uh, we have several hmm. different types of cameras, uh, and we generally shoot in 4K, which gives us the ability to crop and edit our footage however we want without having to uh, worry about losing resolution. Uh, yeah. We found that uh, actual dedicated macro lenses work best for close-up and set photography, but zoom, like mm-hmm. really good zoom lenses, uh, is something that we're looking into as well. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, like I mean, so I suppose I wanted to ask as well, like, what kind of reactions do you get when you tell people that you're that you're doing this? Like, how do people? How do people over there, I suppose, look at how do they view insects, really? So, um, so that's, that's, uh, so for the first part, when I tell people that this is what I'm doing, most of them are pretty, uh, supportive of it, but I generally talk to people who aren't squeamish about insects because if they were, then the conversation would be really boring. Um, so, uh, but as to how most people in the United States view insects, um, I'm not, I don't really know. I'm not, uh, that kind of, uh, an expert on what the people think. Uh, a quick, yeah. I did a quick Google search just to see what, what would pop up. Yeah. And most of the results, uh, had the word fear in it, uh, which mm. seems to imply that generally speaking, most people are afraid of insects in some form. Uh, Chapman University, uh, back in 2016 did a poll on American fears. And about 25% of the people who responded indicated that they were afraid of insects or spiders in some fashion. Uh, now, I definitely yeah. do not think that that means that people don't appreciate insects and the work that they do. But I would have to say that I feel like uh, invertebrates in general uh, aren't uh, very much appreciated uh, over here. The, the larger vertebrate animals get uh, way more of the positive attention than the small vertebrates do. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I agree with that, especially especially with spiders. Um, like a lot of people seem to be very frightened of spiders. I like, I remember having like I everywhere I've ever lived, I always seem to have the job of getting rid of spiders out of the you know like picking them up and putting them outside or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also think that sometimes. I don't know how it is over there, but definitely in the UK, like the um, so there's a lot of very sensationalist media stories that appear um, pretty much on a regular basis about like killer bees, like invasive ladybirds, like killer spiders and stuff. And most of it is like there might be some truth to some of it, but most of it is just so exaggerated and. Um, that is something that I've heard a lot of people complain about. That's very true. The 
the media generally doesn't get insects quite right. No. Almost almost never, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like set like certainly and I think sometimes because especially if you don't live because I'm very fortunate I grew up in the countryside and that and you do get to see a lot of insects, but I think if you live in the city or if you live somewhere where there's maybe not a lot of insects, um like it's kind of easy to pick up these very false media stories about them or like just pick up on people's fears, I suppose. Well, sure, absolutely. Especially if you live in a large city, because most of the insects mm. that you come into contact with are the ones that are invading your home. And so, mm. you know, you, you take that. What you know is that, you know, insects inside are bad. So insects outside are probably bad, too. You know, uh, that's a generalization a little bit, but. I have a feeling yeah. that that plays into it a little. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. And also the insects that are there, the insects you don't really want, like cockroaches, flies and so on. Yep. Um, so what is some, so I always wondered like, um, like what is something you say is re- like, it, you're like really proud of about the, um, about the project and what kind of successes um, have you had? Uh, definitely the thing that I'm most proud of, um, is that it's still going. Uh, there have been multiple times in the last, I don't, two, two years, three years, where it's just kind of, you know, oh, yeah, we tried this thing and it, it didn't work at all. Uh, so back to the drawing board. So, um, that's definitely the thing that I'm most proud of is that my team is very, um, uh, I want to say determined. Uh, they mm. they put in really good hard work and and uh, that's the thing that I'm most proud of. Um, certainly mm. nothing that uh, we've actually produced yet um, that I'm I'm proud of. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know the work ethic is really good. Um, and then, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't I could not ask for a better team. There's no way. Mm. Um, and then successes. Um, um, successes so far have been small things, mostly figuring out how to deal with the hard truth that insects are um, almost by definition difficult things to capture in both photographs and video. Yeah. Okay. So, also, I wonder this as well, like what what problems have you had while reco- while recording um, while doing this? The biggest problems we've had um, have revolved around actually acquiring good footage of insects, doing something worth watching, and getting enough diversity that the audience doesn't grow tired of looking at the same thing for five minutes. Um, Insects do a lot. They do a lot of things. Uh, But it's just that a lot of people won't find some of the things that they do very interesting. So, um, it's, it's a waiting game. It's a, let's go out into the field and see what we find today kind of thing. Um, so that's, that's where that is. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think sometimes, especially, you know, if it, yeah, like, I, I think sometimes like you, I go out and look for something specific and then it's not actually there. And then, like, you find, like, 10 million um, 
um, of a ladybird or like a beetle or something you've seen like a million times before. Well, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, because you think, oh, I'm going to find something really rare and then you like find like, yeah, like millions of like millions of like the multicolored Asian ladybird or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We do that all the yeah. time. We pick, we pick an insect. We're like, yeah, we're going to go out and find this thing. And all we end up seeing are bee flies. Uh, and so that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So what kind of have you seen? Had Have you um got any funny stories about any insects that you've seen? Um, or like has anything like particularly I guess yeah, like funny or memorable or anything happened. <laughs> so um we captured and released this we released this uh, a tarantula hawk wasp. Um those are like the number two or three uh insects on the Schmidt Pain Index. They have one of the worst stings uh in the insect kingdom. Won't kill you or anything, but it hurts. So uh we had a cameraman who got up close. This was still in the jar, but we were going to release it. And so we we took the lid off and set it on the ground. Um, and so the cameraman got up close uh, to get some of that release footage. And as soon as I pulled the top off of the wasp, it looked around, flared its wings and flew straight at the camera guy. And it was... Um, for us, it was uh, hilarious, um, and for him, it was more of an experience. Um, but it's really fun to watch the footage from that day because uh, you can see in the footage where he kind of jerks around a little bit trying to dodge this three-inch insect flying at his face. So definitely one of the uh, lighter moments uh, that could have absolutely gone wrong. This is where I'll plug my please don't play with tarantula hawk wasps Um Ladies and gentlemen, they are very dangerous, and uh, uh, we don't want you getting stung. That would be bad. So uh, just because we do it and um, doesn't mean that you should either. So there's my my plug for that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so I know, I mean, I, I haven't actually... Um, ever seen a tarantula hawk wasp but i've watched um i've watched videos about them and like in the uk we've also got um a lot of because i guess it's a parasitic wasp isn't it that's correct yep yeah yeah because in the uk we've got a lot of i don't think they sting humans but i think they're they're those i think you pronounce it um ichneumon wasps and i they um they like they lay their eggs in caterpillars, and they really there's like a red one that you can get, and it's really huge, and it's got a really long, um, I guess, um, sting, and it looks like it's going to sting you. Obviously, you wouldn't wouldn't sting a human, but it they do look quite scary look, looking things. I think. Absolutely, I think you're talking about the giant ichneumon wasp, um, and yeah, they're, yeah, parasitic wasps. They look so cool. I love those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you, because I mean, when I when I was a kid, like like one got into the house and it um and it was fly it was like flying at the window for ages and ages, and of course, like it's not going to sting anyone, but it looks so scary <laughs> and it does look really cool. 
<laughs> so, that's so true. That's true. Yeah. I suppose, like, all funny thing that happened to me, um, well, not to me, but, like, regarding insects is, like, a few weeks ago, um, it was still... And it, yeah, it would have been about, I guess, a month and a half ago. I was outside and there is a, we've got a sage plant in my garden. And I went outside and I saw, um, there were two seven, there were two um, seven spots, um, like co- uh, Cochinella septum punctata. And they were, they were obviously, um, you know, they were, they were obviously doing like what, what nature intended and they were really they 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 were really they were really like going at it for 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 ages and ages and like i was just like looking at us like like and then i went back and i said i said to my mum like you know there's there's this going on outside and then like an hour later they were still doing it They were, they were still doing. They were still doing it. And then, like, finally, then, like, finally, one of them got off, and the male got off and and walked off. But it was just like, like, <laughs> it was just so funny. <laughs> so, so we actually have a word for that, uh, and it's yeah. called copulating. So. Uh, so that's what you can refer to that to um, from now on. Copulating. I Copulating. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was just, it was just like, just was, because, because you know, I think they were, they, I mean, they were, you know, they, yeah, they were really, they were just, they were just there, and like, you know, it was just, I've never actually seen it because, yeah, they were, they were, they were, I suppose. Um, um, I was I really like rocking and rolling. I was just like, oh god! That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a favourite insect? Um, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you probably have loads of favourite insects, but is there one that particularly springs to mind or? Yeah, so the first one that comes to mind every time is the giant water bug. It's uh Oh yeah. It's it's huge, right? It's like 2 2 to 3 inches long and the thing mm-hmm. they like to be in water, you know, who'd have thought mm-hmm. giant water bug. Yeah, they like the water. Uh but they can also fly, uh which is yeah. one of the scariest things ever to have this thing flying at you. Um and they also have yeah. uh, a really nasty bite. Um and is because because they have like uh, a syringe type like mouth part, so they stick you yeah. with this thing that's not as thin as a syringe, uh, and that just hurts. Like, oh. and so they sometimes sometimes they also inject a little bit of an enzyme that kind of breaks down tissue, and so then you have to keep yeah. that for a couple of days. Uh, so those are my favorites. Uh, but I'm also a fan of uh, the Goliath beetle, velvet ants, all sorts of praying mantises, ice crawlers, dung beetles, calcium wops, bee flies. Now, there's there's an insect that I like. Uh, clearing moths, tiger beetles, giant weta. The list can go on and on. Um, and I could spend an entire afternoon just talking about the ecology of the insects that I like. Um, 
And then I can follow that up the next morning with the, the ecology of the insects that I don't like. Because <laughs> there are some insects that I don't like either. Uh, bed bugs and lice and all those those sorts of insects uh, because they're generally bad for human uh, society. Um, I mean, they have their purpose and they have their place, but uh, uh, those are on the list of ones that I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think we've got a water bug here, but there's a... a the be- a kind of beetle and we used to have a pond when I was a kid and I don't think I don't ever remember seeing one of these but it's um apparently it's one I mean that's actually what I would like to see it's called the great diving beetle and it's like I think it's like the largest beetle in the UK and it just and you can like hold it in it in your hand and it's massive and it goes around like um obviously you make some noise when it's flying and it, it looks quite cool <laughs> So, yeah. so yeah so do you have a like in, insect that you really that you haven't found yet and you want to find it yeah yeah we got tons of those uh the first yeah. one that uh that comes to mind um is uh, a clear wing moth in the family Cecidae. <clears throat> it's uh apis yeah. a- apis formia yeah one of those two yeah and it i've only ever found it once in the sierra nevada mountains and that was probably like five or six years ago uh and mm. it looks almost exactly like a wasp except you know the mm. antenna are different the wings are different it's really fuzzy it's actually quite cute um but so they're a wood boring moth and since the weather up there is never as predictable as i'd like it to be and since they may or may not have a two-year life cycle there's a bunch of literature online and i haven't found a, a source that says specifically uh just how long they ha- they close. Uh, and so I just haven't been in the right place since the last time I saw them, which was maybe five years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the moth looks like a wasp because um, we also sometimes get a type of beetle here called a wasp beetle. And it looks, if it's flying, if you see it when it's flying, it looks exactly like a wasp. And when it, and also like when it, when it lands, if it's just crawling on, if it's crawling on something, then you probably would, you might mistake it for a wasp, but you actually look closer. It's one of those, um, longhorn beetles and it's, and it's got really, and it's stripy. It's got really long antennae and stuff. That's really cool. I know exactly what you're talking about. Those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I saw one. I actually saw a couple of them like this summer. I was very pleased because I hadn't actually seen them before. I'm I'm rather jealous, actually. Those are those are very cool beetles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I was pretty I was pretty um, amazed to see one. I was pretty happy to see one. Um, it it was in the garden actually, but yeah. So I was going to ask as well. Um, seeing as this show is about ladybird, like ladybugs, I just want like, what do you think about ladybirds? They're awesome. They're they're a spectacular yeah. group of insects. Uh, they have yeah. a really interesting life cycle, and uh, yeah. you know, there's so many actually like different ladybugs. Some of them don't even look like ladybugs, but they're all actually like ladybugs. Um, and, yeah. and I think I think they're considered one of the most 
beneficial insects uh, that you can come mm. across. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I mean, definitely think the larvae, well, if you actually look at the, uh, the larvae, um, like most of the time they look completely different to the adults, um, which I, which is also pretty amazing because you kind of think how, how is that even possible? <laughs> mm. Like, how can that, how can that turn into that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, what ladybirds? So, what ladybirds have you seen? Um, I guess recently. Uh, so, the most recent uh, ladybird that I've seen um, in person was uh, yeah. um, a spotless ladybird. Uh, it was near okay. my, milkweed, my milkweed plants, um, and it could have been something like Cyclonetta sanguina, something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah. But it's getting it's yeah. getting cooler over here, so I don't think that they're quite as active. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Um, and which ones um, at the moment, like, which ones would you like to see? Um, so definitely one that I'd like to see uh, is the yeah. twice-stab ladybird beetle uh, because they're, yeah. like, really cool. They're all black, and then they've got two red dots on their elytra. So it's like the, yeah. the, lady, the ladybug, the classic ladybug, and they reversed it. So uh, definitely yeah. love to see those. Uh, but I also like yeah. the Dahlia beetle and the mealybug destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the, the mealybug destroyer, like, I mean, when I, I think the last episode um, that I that I recorded was about um, Stethrus bacillus, which is the... Um, the spider mite destroyer, and is is interesting that it is interesting that those those kind of ladybirds they look absolutely nothing like a ladybird, like what you would normally think of as a ladybird, but they're below, but they but it's still it is still in the same family, which is pretty yeah. It's weird to think about, you know, like mm. how did that come about? Why doesn't it look like the other ones? Yeah. So it's interesting to think about, like, like which came first, like which evolved first. Was it the, was it the, um, normal ladybird, or like, like how did that? Yeah, like how did it come about that they are so different? Well, be, <laughs> so, go ahead. Um. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say before? I, I was going to say it would be really interesting to see if. Um, the ones that don't have the the red and then black, if they still do um, reflexive bleeding, if they still give off yeah. those noxious chemicals that the red and black ones do, because if they don't, maybe that's part of it. Um, but if they yeah. do, then you know, I got no idea. Yeah, I I've heard. I I mean, it's interesting. Maybe they do give them off, um, but because I know that some of the. I guess the larger brown ladybirds like um Apodecta obliterata, like they still give off the chemicals, but they're not they're still toxic, but they're not as toxic as the um as the um I guess the seven spot or like the um Harlequin or so on. And I think like maybe so maybe that and also I think a lot of the time they they maybe can give it off, but maybe they prefer to use um camouflage and stuff. So yeah. That so what, a lot of sense. 
Yeah. So have you seen like any really rare American ladybirds? Because there's a couple that I know that there's like the Lost Ladybird project, and there's a few, um, you know, about, about like the nine spot and um, ones like that that are considered increasingly rare. I just wondered if you've seen any. So it's it's definitely possible. Um, I uh, unfortunately I'm not paying as much attention to the one to like any of the species that I really see. Uh, I just yeah. focus on family for the most part because um, that's yeah. easier to identify things too. Um, but it's yeah. very yeah. possible that I've come across these uh, insects before. Um, Septum puntata mm-hmm. uh, definitely mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Um, I yeah. probably came across it in an agricultural mm-hmm. class I took in college, but again, I don't. Uh, unfortunately, I don't remember um, specifically. Yeah. Okay. And um, what about the most interesting ladybird you found? Um, which what would you say? Uh, definitely the mealybug destroyer that we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah, because yeah. you know, like we were saying, it doesn't even look like a, a normal ladybird, but it's in the same family as in in and is in fact uh, an actual ladybird. So probably yeah. definitely one of the more interesting ones that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in the UK as well, we, um, I was actually, I mean, last, I say, I say like last, um, winter, I was actually quite amazed because I, um, I went for a walk in like my local park and on one of the trees there was, um, I would say, um, absolutely thousands i would say probably well over probably getting on for two thousand um just in my local park on one on one tree thousands of um i don't think you have them there it's called um tithaspis sedesim punctata or the 16 spot and um they're very tiny they're like they're like um, they're they're about maybe two to three millimeters long. They're very tiny. They've got like um, they're quite sweet looking. They've got like a line, um, like just a line of like joint spots, and then the rest of their um, and like the rest of their spot, and then like the rest of their spots. And they've got this kind of stripy look to them, and they're quite and they're sort of cream coloured, and they're absolutely tiny. And they and what's interesting about them is they do these. Um, these huge like aggregations i mean i've heard i've heard that they can have um aggregations of up to two million and um and just i was absolutely astonished like the first time i came across this i was just like i was not expecting to see that at all like just just like just where i live and then if and then elsewhere like when you go for walks you, I've seen them on fence posts. I've seen them all sorts of places, and I know that in America, um, the convergent lady beetle, like it does something quite similar. I just wondered, like, um, like have you seen? Have you ever seen that, or would you, um, or like, what do you know about that? So that's not something that I've seen yet, um, which is unfortunate because they are absolutely astonishing. Um, and so they do the, the convergent lady beetle does a lot. Uh, this is something very similar to what you just described. They, they like yeah. to fly up yeah. to the foothills of the mountains of the Sierra Nevadas and they'll congregate mm-hmm. around the base of trees is what I've been told. And, uh, they'll just be, you know, 
a couple of thousand, maybe maybe a couple of million of them in in any given yeah, yeah. area, and uh, you know they sit there and and overwinter. Um, yeah, but no, I haven't uh, had the privilege to see that yet. Yeah, I think also it can be. Um, I also read that the convergent lady beetle gets used a lot in. Um, when people want to buy biological controls for their garden and also they just they just fly straight back to where they came from. Pretty much what exactly what happens. Yeah. Because what yeah. so the way that they're harvested is right about now, actually, um, folks go out into the mountains and just scoop bucketfuls of them in into their buckets and they bring them back down. And so when you release yeah. them, they're like, we don't want to be here. We want to be back in the mountains. And so they go back into the mountains. So you've just wasted, you know, five bucks on a bag of ladybird beetles that aren't even going to stick around to, to help you at all. <laughs> so, yeah, it surprises me, actually, that they actually collecting them from those aggregations rather than breeding them. But I suppose even if they bred them, they would probably have the same effect. Because um, I know that People, I know, like quite a popular thing here is um, because the two spot um, is become it's become endangered. Um, people, but even before it became endangered, it was quite it can travel quite well, and so people order them for their gardens and their bread. And even though you know, they'll what they'll do is they'll order a whole bag of larvae and they'll put them on the rose plant, and then the as soon as it becomes a ladybird, it will maybe stick around for like a day and then fly off. It's just awesome. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. So in the UK as well, we've got like um a scheme called iRecord and it's what is is like an app where if you are out and about or if you're or if you've been out and about and you've seen um you've seen some you've seen like a ladybird, you've seen like um a beetle or like even like a vertebrate, like a bird or something, or like a rare plant or something like that you can just record it into this app and it will get sent to a database um and you add photos you describe where it was found and and so on do they have anything like that in america or um i'm sh- i'm sure um i yeah. don't know what they are off the top of my head um i think that there's one called iNaturalist and it does something yeah. along those lines where you take a picture and say what you think it is and then you upload it um and yeah. I think that experts take a look. I don't know that. Um, but they take yeah. a look and they're like, this is what this really is. And then that's added. To, it's another data point. And you can look and say, well, I'm looking for this insect. And it'll show you everywhere someone has seen that insect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because in the UK, they really do try. I mean, a lot of the sci- the scientists now, um, especially where entomology is concerned, they try and encourage like what they call um, citizen science, which is where like they encourage like the general public to to get involved in um, in in um, I guess either recording or like finding insects and stuff. I mean, is there? I mean, is that something that's encouraged? Um, over there, or it could be. Uh, I haven't. Yeah. I don't think I've actually experienced that. I don't think I've had someone yeah. like say, "Hey, go out, look at insects." Except for you know my entomology professors, but that's the yeah, you know, yeah. expected. Um, yeah, but I definitely yeah. think that um, 
other citizen science projects get uh, promoted. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because I think, I don't think it's ever something that I ha- ever had, but I think, especially, especially in the last few years, because there's been like this awareness of um, insects in decline, and like, I think there's a lot of, there is a lot of promotion that, that's been going on by, there is some promotions that has been going on from scientists, but also I think like the public. And like in general, like people actually want to do something because they remember like when they were a kid, like seeing lots of ladybirds and seeing lots of bees and so on. And it's not, and now it's not really the same. Like it's not, it's not really, um, um, now I think people want to help record, help like to do something to help a little bit more, even though, as you're saying earlier, they might still be a little bit scared of insects, but I think. Um, there is definitely like an a attitude change, though. I agree with that, um, and I think yeah. that a lot of what uh, is pushing that is the realization that um, mm-hmm. the climate is changing and the environment is getting worse, and so yeah, uh, insect populations around the world have just been plummeting, um, and so mm. people are taking notice of that, and I think yeah, that, you know. We'll probably yeah. get uh, a little bit more support here in the future. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, if people want, if people have, like, heard this interview and want to know, like, how they can help, um, like, how they can, how can they sort of support um, the project? Like, what, like, what can they, do? I mean, is there, I mean, how would you, like, how would you get involved or how would you support it? Sure. So, um, uh, we have a website, uh, let's go find a yeah. uh, go ahead and yeah. take a look at that. Uh, we do sell merchandise. Um, okay. but, but uh, I mean, you know, um, that's a small thing. Uh, we'd much rather have folks, um, check out, uh, our videos when we finally start posting. That would mean way more to us than, than buying, you know, anything. Um, so we've also got an Instagram account. Uh, that we pretty much yeah. update regularly. Uh, and we just yeah. post pictures of insects and we're like, this is what this insect is. And um, yeah, pretty much what we do. Um, so yeah. that's how you could help up the project uh, if you would like. Yeah. So uh, what advice would you give to someone that wants to attract more insects um, to their garden? Definitely check out the plants that you've got there. Um, there are yeah. specific plants that attract insects, and there's actually some plants that repel insects as well. So if mm-hmm. you want more of a certain type of insect, like maybe there's a butterfly that you really like, um, if you can find out what kind of flower that butterfly likes, plant that all over your garden, and eventually you'll probably end up with some of those butterflies in your garden. Um, there's lots of resources online, and I fully recommend that folks who are interested uh, check those out because um, they're going to be way more help than I am on this sort of thing. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's all the questions that I've got. Um, do you have, like, is there anything else you want to talk about or or not? Uh, just to say that um, the project that we've been working on uh, definitely would not have gotten this far without the tremendous amount of effort 
that has been put in by my team, friends, and family. Um, it, we definitely couldn't have gotten here without their support. Um, but other than that, uh, I, I do want to know. I want to know. Uh, let your fans know. What is uh, your favorite insect that's not a ladybird? Um. Well, I think my favorite insect that's, that's not a ladybird, I mean, I've, I like a lot of insects. I suppose... I guess like when I was a kid, I really liked butterflies, but like I, I do actually really like um, a lot of the um, solitary bees that we get. Um, Cause I think they, if you actually look into them, they've got really interesting lifestyle life cycles. And um, a lot of them are very specialized to different flowers. And there's, they've got like really cool names as well. There's like one that's called, the hairy footed flower bee, and then you look at a, you look at it, and it actually does have hairy feet, and it's obviously because it's a bee, it's on flowers all the time, and yeah, I just I just find I find them really interesting. They've got a really interesting life cycle, and I think that um, obviously they're very important um, beneficial insects. So yeah, um, Yeah, I think that's so. That's probably my favorite insect. That's very true. Solitary bees are incredibly important, um, and yeah. they don't get as much attention as like honeybees do. You know, so no, and yeah, I think I think also because a lot like honeybees aren't the only bee. There's so there's so many different types of bees. And they all fulfill a very, very important role. This is true. Yeah. I think I think that's I think that's probably unless you can think of anything else. Um <laughs> No, um otherwise I'm I'm gonna start rambling more than I already have. Uh so uh no, uh, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good as well. Well, Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And if you want to um, check out Jonathan's website at www.letsgofindabug.com and it will be, yeah. Um, and um, he will soon to have like some documentaries posted on there. Like when do you think, when do you think they'll be up? Like no pressure or anything. <laughs> uh, great question. Um we're actually meeting later today to figure out what it is that we're actually doing. I'm hoping okay. sometime early next year we'll have something. If not, then a year from now we should probably have this all figured out, have something up. Oh, okay. No, be re- that would be is even if it's even if it's a year or so from now, it's still that's it's still like such a good idea. Like um, I'm really looking for, I'm really looking forward to um to seeing. Just seeing what there is. Well, thank you. Uh, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And I've already had a look at some of the um, the Instagram account and also some of the merchandise. I've had I've had a look on there, and it looks really good. So I might I might buy some I might buy something from the, from the store. Oh well, thank you. That's very kind yeah. of you. So. Yeah, so anyway, um, thanks so much for coming on the show, and um, I will, and um, so I 
yeah so yeah so thanks so much for coming on the show um to jonathan and um i will see you all next time and the music at the start of the show is um by deborah torrance and the music at the end is cast is uh boardroom walk um by casket cax specifico which means 22 spot ladybird in finnish so thank you very much and i'll um I'll, I'll see you guys soon. Okay. Well, so okay. thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. And um, this is actually the first interview that I've ever done. So uh, so thank you. Thank you for putting up with this. No, it's fine. Thank you for thank you for putting up with me as well. I, I'm sorry if I became... Yeah, I sometimes find it difficult to know what to say. But thank you so much for coming on. No, I think I think that they went really well. I do. I think so. Okay, I'm going to stop um, recording now. If it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Don't blame me for my rewind So I was in six